Good afternoon. Good morning. It is David Searle with Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday. It is Wednesday today, but we are dropping it on Tuesday. So, we have a special guest. And now, the moment you all have been waiting for, boys and girls around the world, let's get ready to broker. By way of Boca Raton, Florida, he is the talk show radio host of the Hawkman and Crowder Sports Radio Show with Solana, airing weekdays from 2 to 6. He was recently named by the Miami New Times as the best talk radio personality in 2022. He graduated from the University of Miami. It's all about the you. His hometown is Highland Park, Illinois. He's a husband, a father. He used to tour as Mark Hockman's sports comic and is available on Cameo for $24. Book today. That is true. Stand up and make some noise for Mark Hockman. Thank you, David. <laughs> quite the introduction there. Well, quite the guest. And I would like to point out my radio partner, Channing Crowder, was today named Miami New Times Radio Personality of the Year. So we are oh, oh, uh, in possession of the award two consecutive years. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I had, you know. I, I've never met Channing, but uh, I, uh, I certainly had the privilege of watching him play uh, for the Miami Dolphins, and uh, it was uh, pretty exciting because it's, you know, he, he plays the game the way that it was supposed to be played, and, uh, and uh, I think it's uh, pretty cool. I'm kind of, of of the belief, whatever you do in life, my wife and I, we went to a concert last night at Hard Rock, and there was a parking lot attendant, and she was dancing as she was directing traffic, and I said, that's the way everyone should feel when they come to work. I certainly do. Channing was that way when he played at Florida and was an All-American. Then he goes to the Dolphins, six great years as a starting linebacker, and you enjoyed the way that he played, but you also enjoyed the off-field stuff. He was... Very uh, appreciative of fan support, and he really ate it all up. And now he's transitioned. He's been doing radio and media longer than he played in professional football, and he's so good at this. And he does the same exact thing, which is he really eats it up. He enjoys it. And, uh, you know, the award that he got from the Miami New Times today is certainly a, uh, uh, a, an indictment of how good he has become at what he does. And he has this national podcast, too, called The Pivot, which has almost a million subscribers now on oh, wow. YouTube. So, uh, yeah, he's I, I like anyone who embraces what they do, enjoys what they do and and does it consistently with some zest. Agreed, and uh, and I've been you know listening to your shows uh, for for a while, and uh, and it's just amazing, and you know how you know you, you progress in the in, in like the very first year, right, and then as it goes on and on and on, you know um, how more comfortable you get, like, even in this podcast, right? So for six years I've been doing this, and certainly I look at the uh, the ones in the first year, and uh, was it so good? <laughs> yeah, I cringe. I listen to my first radio shows. You know, I used to work on uh, Dan Lebetard's show for yeah. a long time, and then when I broke out on my own and started doing my own stuff, I go back and listen to some of those first shows, and I, I literally can't get through them. <laughs> like, they are painful. Oh, it's uh, painful. Yeah. And especially when you're looking at the quality of the uh, <laughs> the technology that I used to have, and and now, you know, obviously we're in the studio, Pod Populi, and uh, – in uh, downtown Boca, and uh, it's a uh, it's a little different. Yeah, a little different. <laughs> a little different. It's like so, anything else, though. You get reps, whether it's real estate, athletics, radio, broadcast. The more reps you get, the better you get at something. No, agreed. You know, real estate, right? Um, you know, everyone likes to talk about real estate. 
Uh, Boca Raton seems to be a, a pretty good hub of real estate. What makes a good real estate agent? For me, it's someone, and again, I'm very aware that people have their own lives, right? But it's someone who at least gives the illusion that they're willing to drop everything and do what you need to be done. Because obviously, I don't have to tell you, buying a home can be A, stressful, B, it's probably the biggest investment that anyone's going to make in their lives. But C, a lot of times, timing is part of it. And you want to feel like you have someone, right, that's working for you, even with, again, I have the knowledge of, you know, it's it's like uh, going through security at a baseball game, right? It's the illusion of security. I don't really feel like it's at the, I don't, I don't feel like I'm walking into, you know, a highly, uh, highly secured place. But with a real estate agent, honestly, as long as someone gives you the illusion, uh, the feeling, and, and sometimes it's a gut feeling, that they're actually going to do what they say. Wow. They're going to do it in a timely <laughs> fashion. And they're going to have your best interest at heart. And they may sound so basic to you because I'm sure it's exactly what you preach, what you do. But that is the reality of it because you can get that. I don't, again, I don't care whether it's real estate or, or whatever you're dealing with in a service industry or retail industry. You want to feel like the person that you're dealing with actually has your best interest at heart. Right. And you get a pretty good sense pretty quickly whether someone does or doesn't. Yeah, especially I don't care if it's a bartender or real, like you kind of know yeah. pretty quick. No, it's you know it's 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 funny because you could tell who's sincere and and who's not right, and and certainly the first you know misstep or the first you know issue that you have or argument or disagreement that you have and how they react to that um, certainly uh, goes a long way as well. But you can probably speak to it too. Is you're you're not at someone's beck and call twenty four hours a day, and if you're good, you're probably you probably have more than one person that you're dealing with. And so you have to be very adept at what you're doing. And, and that, you know, again, it's professionalism. It's genuine. If it's not genuine, I think it gets kind of, um, shown pretty quickly. Um, but you, you have to, at least, again, I always say it's the illusion. I just want to think that the person really has my best interest and, and is really, uh, going to bat for me when I need them to. Is a real estate agent valuable to you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. That that's one of the most I think again because of the enormity of the expenditure it's not something that you do on your own. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. Silly. Right. No, I I have, a, I have a, a friend who uh runs a ticket law firm, traffic ticket law firm, and he says, you know, people don't realize traffic ticket can be $500 more. And he said, you know, a lot of times people go, "Oh, I'll do it myself." And he says, I know what they think. When they say I'm doing it myself, they have one plan. I'm going to show up at court and hope that the cop doesn't show up. That's the <laughs> only plan that they have. And they've heard it from this person and that person. Oh, show up. The cop won't show up. And he said to me, trust me, the cops show up. Unless something's going on, the cops show up if you're going to fight their ticket. And so he always says to me, with an investment, it's much less, obviously, $500 traffic fine. But he's like... I don't understand why someone wouldn't just hand it off to someone who's been doing it for years. Let me handle it. 
And when it's done, I'll let you know. And obviously, there's a little more uh, involvement that a customer has to have when dealing with a real estate agent. But the truth of the matter is, for an investment like that, yeah. like why why would you even attempt with all the intricacies and with all the details, the I's that need to be dotted and the T's that need to be crossed when you're you know really buying a, a property or selling a property? I, I don't understand not allowing a professional to handle that kind of stuff for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, very few transactions go, you know, point A to point B without any uh, C, D, right. E, like and the, F. Uh, the, the real estate for dummies book. Right. And when it says, you do this, this, and this. Right. And it would be really nice if you could just do this, this, and this. Right. And sometimes that happens. And sometimes sellers are better at selling their home. They know their home um, better than certainly the real estate agent because they lived in it. They've, they've experienced, they know what, you know, is best. But the problem is, is they don't know the obstacles that they're not, you know, that they're, you know, they can anticipate problems all they want, but they're not going to be able to navigate those obstacles and challenges the way that a real estate agent, a professional one does, right? Listen, not all of them are created equal, certainly. Correct. Like in any of these industries, but uh, certainly. Let's talk a little bit about sports. Okay. So when you first started out this uh, venture and, and you're a sports radio talk personality, um, you obviously knew um, what you were getting into because uh, you knew that, um, you know, the Miami Heat would go to the NBA Finals. You knew the uh, uh, Florida Panthers would go to the NHL <laughs> Finals. You knew that Messi was coming and he's coming in on July 21st. I mean, you knew all this. So it was, it was a pretty good uh, calculated uh Start that. I will tell you, we were so <laughs> unaware that all this was going to happen. All of us, me, my partner, Channing, my executive producer, Alejandro, um, all of us had vacations booked. I'll tell you, during the Heat Big Three era, I used mm-hmm. to tell my wife all the time, don't book any summer vacations till after June. Right. Because the NBA Finals can theoretically go to, to the end of June, and then you're going to have a parade. And then you're going to have a little bit of a downtime, little draft maybe. You're not going to draft high because you're going to win a championship. But we used to say, don't book anything until after June. And we all booked vacations this year in <laughs> June because none of us, based on the regular season, thought the Panthers were going to the Stanley Cup <laughs> final, thought that the Heat were uh, going to go to the NBA finals. And when it comes to Lionel Messi, there had been a lot of rumblings for over a year that he was going to come to enter miami and when they won the World Cup and you see him in Qatar and he is celebrating a World Cup victory, we all kind of said the same things to ourselves, which was there is no chance he is going from winning a World Cup to six months later playing soccer on Commercial Boulevard <laughs> in Fort Lauderdale across well, from the 25,000 uh, 25, like, seats. Not going to happen. And so that shocked me as well. So, yeah, it's the beauty wow. of uh, beauty of sports, though. I mean, David Beckham has got to be the biggest genius. Like, he creatively structured a deal that was more attractive than $1.7 billion. So it was not just him, obviously, and right. Jorge Mas, who right. owns the, the club, but really MLS itself got involved, Adidas got involved, and Apple TV got involved. It's one of the most multifaceted deals. You couldn't do this in any other league. It has to be kind of a nascent league like MLS, which is a very successful league, but it has to be a league that still has – everyone all the owners interested in growing the league from here to there to the next level and so you had league involvement because think of it in baseball or football a league and a league sponsors getting involved to bring a star to one particular team 
every other team would say, wait a second, no, that's not fair. But all the other leagues are really well developed at this point. MLS could use that extra boost maybe to, you know, siphon some fans from EPL and Champions League. And um, and that's what's going to happen with this Lionel Messi signing. I mean, they literally rebranded the MLS overnight because, yeah. you know, it was always like, you know, it's where you... <laughs> Where you go to retire, right? Like there, there was no international interest, right, right. none. There was U.S. interest, U.S. fans, Canadian because they, they have teams, um, but there was no international interest. And the way that I, you know, equate it is, if LeBron James decided to go play now for a team in the French Basketball Association, you'd have a bunch of American fans who are all of a sudden, me included interested in watching French basketball league games because I'm interested in him. I'm interested in seeing him play. And that's what Lionel Messi engenders across the world, the world. And so now you've got all these worldwide Messi fans who now are interested in the MLS and inter Miami CF. And and it's a, it's a domino effect. Yeah. I mean, you know, they went, you know, and I know the story has been circulating and and you could see it for yourself, but like they went from like 200,000 followers and then like 4.8 million. And now it's probably whatever, eight, nine, 10 million. It's insanity. It's an inter, it's an insatiable international appetite for Lionel Messi and, you know, arguably a bigger, we talked about this on the radio show. What's the bigger signing in Miami sports history? Uh, LeBron or Messi? No, Messi. It's 100%. Messi. You know, and mainly because I'm not a huge fan of LeBron, but. <laughs> <laughs> I no, love I LeBron. Know, I, mean, I love those four seasons. Those four um, seasons were as so magical as any seasons uh, you will ever have rooting for any team that you ever root for. And I, and I remember as we're going through it, because I've had season tickets to the Heat for you know, you know, partial here or there or whatever for probably 15, 18 years or whatever. And, um, you know, I, I was there during Shaq and, and, and Wade and, and, and everything. And, and those years were just so ridiculous. Cause I, and I always said, you know, you know, it, when it ends, it's going to end. Like enjoy been, it while it's here. Yeah, yeah. And I've been telling Patriot fans that for, for 20 years. For and finally, real. it happened. I've been, uh, <laughs> I had been calling the end of the Patriots dynasty for about 12 years. <laughs> But uh, you know, it's uh, it, it is interesting how all eyes are on Miami, all eyes are on South Florida. Um, the real estate market has gone, you know, nuts, you know, crazy. We're starting a little, see a little more uh, cooling off uh, a little bit. You know, our inventory is still an issue, uh, but we're seeing, you know, now buyers have a little bit more control, especially if the property hasn't been upgraded in the last five seven years. Uh, especially if, uh, you know, maybe the, it backs up to a road or something, you know, uh, maybe a little less desirable than y- you normally would. Um, but we are still seeing multiple offers. I always take all the real estate news that I see with a grain of salt because you can't look at it through the same prism when you're talking about the South Florida market than the rest of the country. But the truth is you can't do that with sports either. People think that, you know, the, the way that sports radio is consumed up in Boston and Chicago and New York is so different. My show would never play up there. Mm-hmm. You know, they're X's and O's. It's a different ball game. We really are unique unto ourselves down here. Sure. I mean, you just have to walk around any day, <laughs> whether it's January, March, or December. It's different down in South Florida. I always think that the South Florida real estate market is going to remain desirable. I don't I don't think that it suffers from wild ebbs and flows the way other 
uh, regions do in the country. No, I mean, there's definitely a hedge, and obviously there's, you know, significant amount of people that have uh, have come here um, and, and continue to, you know. It's funny because you could see the cars when they leave, right? Like, you know, they stay longer and they come back sooner. So, like, you know, the, whether it's seasonal, maybe it's a, a few months of season, but it, it's really... Not like it used to be. No, it used to be, like, like dead ghost town. town. Yeah, yeah, totally. It used totally. to be ghost town. It's not anymore. No. So, what's your favorite sport? Favorite sport to watch and be a fan of is NFL football. Yeah. I relish NFL Sundays. I'm a Dolphins fan. I don't ever go to a game because I love being in front of my TV. Got my Sunday ticket. Do a little gambling. Watch every game. I'm all about NFL football. I love the fact that they have games on Mondays, Thursday. You will never hear me complaining <laughs> on the radio. Oh, the talent on a Thursday night game is so subpar because they don't have enough time to prepare. I don't care. Give me football. Give me as much football as you can. This year, there will be a Black Friday game. Um, so the, the day after Thanksgiving, you'll have, you'll have NFL football. I love football. To be a spectator of, it's hockey. I go to more Panthers games than probably oh, any so sport in South Florida. I, I like the convenience from Boca, first of all, to get to uh, Sunrise. And that stadium's awesome. Stadium's yeah. awesome. And the Panthers lately, last couple of seasons, yeah. have put on a tremendous product. So, right. no, uh, no. yeah, I, I, for... A- for Actually attending games in person, you can't beat professional hockey. Uh, agreed, especially playoff hockey. For real. For uh, real. You saw yeah, it this season. Yeah. Anything can happen. Right. Crazy. Uh, I am also a struggling Dolphins fan, so how are they going to do this year? I actually think they're going to be really good. On paper, they're one of the most talented teams in the league. In the league. I mean, if you look at the way that they have structured their defense around Vic Fangio now, who was the hottest commodity coordinator-wise, coming out of the coaching ranks. They got him. They already had a good, talented defense. I love Christian Wilkins, um, uh, Jalen Phillips from UM. I mean, they're really stacked. Then they go out, they get Jalen Ramsey, which people think that he's done. He's not close to done. No, he was uninterested, it looked like. He was uninterested. It's a great way of putting it. The offense is terrific. I'm a huge fan of Tua. Mm -hmm. When he was was clicking last season— He was a legit MVP candidate. Yep. Legit. Yeah, that was wasn't. Eight, was it eight? Yeah, it wasn't pie in the sky. Dolphins fans. Oh, this, this is the MVP. He was a legit candidate. Now, obviously, there's going to be this question, and it's got to get answered at some point. Can he remain healthy for an entire season, or can he be out there for 14 out of 17 games? I think that's fair in today's NFL. You're not going to get a quarterback that plays 17 out of 17 games. So can you get, because even when you talk about like the offensive line, Teron Armstead last season, like you knew that he was going to be injured when he was in there though, he was unbelievable. And so you kind of thought going in, can you get 12 out of 17 games from him? Same thing I would say with any starting quarterback too included. Can you get 14 games out of your starting quarterback? If you can, you're probably ahead of the game. Can he remain healthy? I don't know. That's the big question. Yeah, it's a, it's crazy. I mean, I I'm a University of Alabama fan. That's where I went. So, uh, um, you know, I know how uh, the fondness of Nick Saban you, you have. Um. You know, my interactions, <laughs> my interactions with Nick Saban are uh, are legendary. Not my favorite. Not my favorite guy. Unbelievable coach, though. Yeah, I will always. Uh, yeah. I'll I'll call it like I see it. I do not like him as a person, right. but man, that guy is as good as it gets when yeah. it comes to coaching. And and. and you know, it kind of segues into leadership, right? So, mm-hmm. 
Um, we all have some degree of leadership qualities. What makes a good leader? You know, when we talk about Nick Saban, we uh, obviously his uh, his systems and processes and and, and you know uh, planning and preparation um, make him a good leader, right? Um, and people are gravitated to the success of what he's had. And it's easier being a leader when you have success. It's harder being a leader when. You, you know, you're just starting out or having a success like uh, Marissa's here. She's a, a brand new agent. Um, she's um, hustling, you know, but um, and she's just trying to develop and grow her leadership skills. What makes a good leader? So for me, and I always do it through the prism of the way that I operate, for me, I love anyone. Again, I'll go back. Wait staff, real estate agent, um, mall security. Anyone that can control a room, and I'm not talking about through yelling, histrionics. I am talking about having this innate ability to walk into a situation and you feel like they know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about, and this isn't a by-the-seat-of-their-pants operation. And so we've all experienced that. Uh, You know, Channing will tell stories on the radio before, Cam Cameron came in, head coach of the Dolphins. He had lost that team, according to Crowder. Meeting number one just was kind of like a bumpkin, and it wasn't who they were expecting. Dave Wanstead controls a room, love him or hate him, mm-hmm. controls a room. Nick Saban controls a room. And when I say controls a room, it doesn't have to be 50 players sitting in a locker room. It can be three people sitting at a table because he's out there recruiting and he's got to control that moment with an athlete and the athlete's parents. He has to control that moment enough that you feel like, yes, I feel comfortable handing my son to you for the next three or four years where you're going to be the surrogate parent. And, and I think that's true for anything, right? If you want to do it with a real estate agent, if I'm going to hand potential, if I'm selling potential profits, or if I'm buying, if I'm going to hand you the opportunity to make the best deal for me, I need to feel like you control the room with me, with a buyer, with a seller, with anyone, whoever it is, inspect, inspection agent. Like, so for me, a great leader starts with that. Can they control the room? And again, when I say a room, I'm not necessarily saying public speaking in front of 5,000 people, although I love that. But if you ever go see a stand-up comedian or like comedy club or like an open nightclub, like, you know, 30 seconds in sometimes whether someone has it or does it. They may not be super funny, but they've got control of that room. And that's what I look for. That's like my, um, like, that's what really turns me on when it comes to, business and sports and real estate in in your case like I want the person who feels like who I feel like is in control of any situation and so that to me is the beginnings of a great leader love it you know who does that really well as a stand-up comic and I've just been following him now is Matt Reif have you seen him? You know, I saw a poster <laughs> for him, I think, at Hard Rock last night. Oh, I'd he? never uh, heard of that guy. So Big muscular guy? T- no, 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 no. Uh, he's maybe a, it wasn't him. No, he's a tall guy. He's, uh, he's like 23, 24 years old, I think. And he is, he's really funny. 
But, you know, you, you see him on TikTok and all that kind of stuff. It's so. like uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, I think, is the last comedian that I've seen live. Mm-hmm. But that dude controls that room. He's playing four nights at Hard Rock Live. So that seats, wow. uh, what, 4,000? I mean, that's like 16,000 people to see stand-up comedy over the course of four days. That guy walks out on that stage, controls that room from the jump. And it's so obvious, you know? Chris Rock does it, too. Like, Chris Rock, he prowls that stage. There's something for me. And again, I don't think anyone, I don't think everyone would define the greatest leadership characteristic as that. I'm telling you, for me, that's what I love. And that's what I gravitate towards in whatever I'm doing. That's awesome. What's your, what's your favorite guest that you've had on? Or someone that you, mm. anyone that made you like, uh, I don't know, starstruck or, or just like, wow, I can't, I can't believe this person. I mean, like- I, I have had, over the course of the show, it's been so many years. A lot of times, I, I forget. It, right. We've had so many guests, I forget. Because someone had, my wife said to me, it was about, I don't know, six or seven months ago. Um, you remember, I don't know what brought this up, but she's like, you remember when you had Donny Osmond on the show? And I said, you're thinking of your other husband because I never had Donny Osmond on the show. And she's never been married before. And <laughs> and so I... Uh, I Twitter search, I just do my name and then Donny Osmond. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did, I did have Donny Osmond on the show. Um, one of the, the fun ones for me was Dog the Bounty Hunter. I had this thing about Dog the Bounty Hunter for a long time. I would watch his show and then, uh, you know, I had my producer reach out to him, see if he would come on. And he was fascinating on the air. Um, Trying to think. When the big three were here, uh, we did have D-Wade on several times. We had LeBron on once, Ray Allen on once. Those are obviously you know, athletic uh, achievements. Uh, no, not after the <laughs> shot. It was the first season. Shane Battier used to do this uh, Battioke. It was like uh, Shane Battier karaoke night for charity. Oh, and we cool. went out there. Um, I'll tell you, when I was starstruck, so I was out at Super Bowl Radio Row one year. I think it was in Phoenix. And... Aronde Gadsden, who's a friend of mine. He was a former Dolphins receiver. Yep. Aronde Gadsden he was... He signed the ball. I still have that football. Aronde Gadsden was a legendary guy, just another guy who really just soaked it up when he was out there. But he's become a good friend of mine. So he comes out to Phoenix, and we're just kind of sitting at a table. And he played with Dan Marino, and he was a, a frequent target of Dan Marino. Dan Marino walks over. He's being hounded in uh, Super Bowl Radio Row. So he's looking for like a little safe haven. And Aronde and I are in a little cordoned off area where we're doing the broadcast. And so Dan Marino walks in and he gives him dap and what's up, OG, and and all that stuff. And Aronde says, this is, and he goes, oh, I know who this is. Mark Hockman, love your show. And I was like, wow. Like, couldn't believe it. Dan Marino. I mean, the most legendary Mm -hmm. quarterback in South Florida history. And he's like, wow, Mark Hockman. Love your show. And when he left, I realized I was wearing this big name tag that says Mark Hockman, (laughs) WQAM. And there was no chance he knew who I was, but he played it off well. And and the reason I had told that story on the air once because Crowder uh, told a great story on the air once. His rookie season or his second season, they had just played the Indianapolis Colts. And he's walking off the field and he sees Peyton Manning, who was the quarterback at that time. And uh, he said, Peyton came up to him and said, Crowder, heard a lot about you. You'll, you'll do good things. And he was like, wow, like, can't believe that just happened. And, uh, and so he was telling one of his teammates, he's walking off. He's like, Peyton Manning, like, knew, like, he studied the defense. 
knew me. And uh, his teammate was like, jackass, he read the name on your jersey. He do th- <laughs> does that to everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, but the Dan, Marino, awesome. the Dan Marino meeting, that that's, was cool for me. Funny. I enjoyed that. Uh, Rondé's kid's doing pretty well, too, right? Rondé's <laughs> kid is going to end up being better than yeah. Rondé in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. His kid is, pretty, I mean, just. Pretty special. And, and so we would do a live broadcast every week during football season. We'll be back this year at Twin Peaks in Davie. And Rondé would come every Tuesday, and he would join me and crowd around the show. And when his kid, Rondé Gadsden III, was at American Heritage, I believe is where he went to high school, um, brought him in a couple times, have lunch with us. Kid was quiet as a church mouse, looked down, thin, skinny, went and played his first season at Syracuse last football season, was a breakout star, is on everyone's radar now, and Aronde brought him last time we were at Twin Peaks, which was for uh, March Madness. So we were there in March, and he brought Aronde, and he had spent a year at Syracuse and really getting trained in, you know, mm-hmm. collegiate football and uh, the weight training regimen. And he walked in, I mean, a different man, That's a all. different man. So I always end the, uh, the podcast on two questions. Mm-hmm. One is, what is your favorite all-time either streaming series or movie? And what are you currently watching? Favorite all-time streaming series or movie? Um, I will tell you, I, I, if you listen to the radio show, everyone knows I have a predilection for Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. It is currently my favorite movie of all time. I love sports gambling, and I love degenerate stories and i i i just i i love that movie um in the all-time realm rocky is always up there for me i always mention it fargo is always up there for me i always mention it the original fargo if you ever saw with uh william h macy and uh um francis mcdormand um trying to think of what we're watching now i'm a huge fan this is going to sound like uh uh real estate jargon uh we watch house hunters international every uh, single night we have awesome. it season passed and i could watch six seven episodes at a time i like the international better than just house hunters because yeah. i like getting a little glimpse of uh faraway countries yeah, and, like and the areas. real estate market and and how it works and operates you don't watch selling sunset I don't watch Selling Sunset. <laughs> I, I don't like the ones. So, uh, and I know the truth about House Hunters. I know yeah. that, you know, it my, is contrived. My friend, uh, not my friend, my, um, a couple of my agents have been on the, um, on House Hunters and we have a casting director that reaches out to us every once in a while. So and, was, and usually the home is already selected, yeah. right? They've yeah. most of the time moved in already. Yeah. They move everything out. They, they shoot it. It's the, the miracle of television. And then, and then they miss, and then they make up. Two properties right. that are in that price range. But it doesn't seem super contrived to me, even though no, I know it that it is. Right. The other ones are so super contrived <laughs> that I can't stomach them. Right. You know? And it, these reality shows it used to be fun. I remember when the Osbournes first came out. Yeah. And I was like, wow. That was cool. This is a legit glimpse into a rock and roll family. Right. Like, it was really cool. The Plus real world go nutty. back or whatever. And he's nutty. Right. Uh, and then you get to stuff like... I don't know. I tried to watch the Terry Bradshaw 
you know, but it's just, it's literally just scenarios. Like you could tell an, an entire season is filmed in six weeks and it's just them in different scenarios that they throw them into. That doesn't appeal to me at all, but I don't watch a lot of episodic television to yeah. be quite honest. I've never seen, you know, Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad Ooh. or I, I just, I don't watch any of yeah. that stuff. Game, yeah. Game of Thrones is, uh, I never thought I'd like that. Like, but there's this one episode that just literally hits you. It's the, it's the, the Red Wedding. Yeah, the Red Wedding is the best episode of any show I've ever seen in my entire life. Because like I, I have to be obviously with the radio show that we right. do, because it's not really sports talk; it's guy talk. So I have to be up on everything and and pop culture. Like I have to pay attention to everything. So I know the popularity of it, and I know how people were reacting on social media to the Red Wedding. But it just didn't shock and awe. Yeah, I mean, literally shock and awe is like. You do. I can't believe they did that. Like, yeah, I can't. You know, the, right? Because usually a, a TV show would not take, right. would not go to those lengths. It went, yeah, it went yeah. Uh, ten steps forward. But uh, I can't thank you enough, Mark. Uh, I appreciate. It. Where can we find you? I mean, uh, a couple, a uh, couple of streets <laughs> down. I just walked over here from my apartment. <laughs> two to six p.m. Five sixty WQAM ninety six point five FM HD two. Download the Odyssey app. It's A U D A C Y and. Uh, you know, you'll see uh, me and Crowder just about everywhere. Back to back, too. Back to back, yeah, Miami cool. New Times uh, best radio <laughs> personality winners. That's awesome. So thank you very much for coming on the show. Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday morning. See you, David. <laughs>